So, India is a wonderful country um, um, because of its sacred geography for one reason, um, that just everywhere in India there are places um, where pastimes have taken place that are just, uh, that are part of our uh, of our scriptures so like for example i went to visit uh, my disciple 
Swayam Bhagavan, who was staying in a place called Sangamnir uh, in Maharashtra, not so far from uh, Nasik. And, uh, and in that place, um, it turns out that nearby were two places of significance. And, uh, and they were both nice places. One was uh, the place where there was a samadhi of Jatayu. Uh, so we're in the Ramayan and Jatayu. Uh, after Sita was abducted by Ravana, she fought, he fought uh, with, uh, with Ravana to, uh, to hold Ravana back from stealing Sita. Uh, and although Jatayu was defeated by uh, Ravana in the sky, who cut his wings, and uh, Jatayu fell to the ground and, and died. Um, the Samadhi of Jatayu is there today, and Jatayu, of course, returned back to the spiritual world. and. Um, that is a wonderful place, and it is uh, wonderful to remember such a devotee from the Ramayana, um, and to see that, that anyone from anywhere can be a devotee and can be recognized by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And so, Tatayu will be eternally glorified. And uh, yeah, so we went there to that, uh, that Samadhi, and it was very transcendental. Then in another location, uh, a bit of a drive by bus uh, from that Samadhi, was the uh, ashram where Kapila Muni instructed his mother in the Sankhya philosophy. So that was also very nice because this time we were not just seeing a bit of reality jumping off the pages of the Ramayana, but now Bhagavatam came to life on the ground. And that is of course wonderful when Bhagavatam is, is alive on the ground. It makes us, we go to such a place and we pray, um, and we pray about Bhagavatam, we remember how Lord Kapila instructed his mother and, uh, and we just realize how India is, is the country where the uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared uh, in so many different forms, and then his devotees. Uh, so just we visited the places of two incarnations of the Lord, uh, Lord Ramachandra, and, uh, and, and we went to the place of, uh, of Lord Kapila Dev. Mm. And that is just, uh, these are just two places. Uh, India is just 
the whole country of India is just filled with places where the various um, incarnations of the Lord, the various avatars of the Lord, and the various great devotees of the Lord have uh, performed pastimes. Um, so in... Um, Yes, we can, of course, when we speak about Bhagavatam, we can go uh, now to North India and we can come to Naimisaranya in Uttar Pradesh. And it is uh, very wonderful to be in that, that place, which is considered to be uh, the center of the universe in the form of a wheel. And there is like, um, in the forest of Naimi Saranya, Prabhupada glorifies this place. And says it's a very nice, uh, a very nice place, Naimi Saranya, where, uh, yes, so many um, devotees are, are visiting. And then because Naimi Saranya is supposed to be the central hub of, of a wheel that, uh, that represents the universe. Therefore, um, there is on the ground a big wheel, and there is also water from some pond inside. And the pilgrims, they step in this stone structure in the shape of a wheel and they wait through the water to fulfill the circles mm. so many places of of pilgrimage all over that land of india mm. with sacred rivers mm. um, and so many rivers uh, okay, were actually being called to the presence of Krishna when at the time of Radhakund and, and then um, so there for example yes of course Ganga Yamuna came but also the Godavari came uh, and, the, and the Krishna river and all these deities of all the rivers appeared before Krishna and requested to enter his pond and so when the gopis saw all these amazing deities hmm. so all these places of pilgrimage are spread all over India and one can just uh, travel through India on a huge pilgrimage um, in the south, there are places like Ahobalam. And Ahobalam is, is a place where, at least in one particular yuga, uh, the uh, pastime of, uh, of Pralat Nishinga and Hiranyakasipu took place. There is a hill, and on top of the hill, there is a broken pillar. There are ten manifestations of Lord Nishingadev on that hill of Ahobalam, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he went there, uh, because when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to South India, he went to all these places. So in this way, visiting these places is something 
uh, established by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Uh, so certainly it is something that can be done uh, in uh, yeah this year I had also planned to uh, to go to India and uh, but yes we could see that uh, this it didn't look good and that uh, I didn't expect that our parikrama would be possible to continue. So, um, so we had to cancel our, our journey. Uh, this year, we were planning to visit Jagannath Puri. Um, not only is Jagannath Puri the place of Lord Jagannath, not only um, is there the Jagannath Mandir, and not only is there the Gundicha temple uh, and the road between the two, which is the root of the Ratiyatra, uh, but there's also the Totagopinath temple with the deity that was worshipped by Kedadar Pandit. And in general, uh, many places related to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, there is Parvat Mountain. Um, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw the sand dunes along the sea, he was uh, becoming so, just seeing that made him think of Govardhan, and he ran, he ran towards that Parvat. Uh, and it's very interesting because, um, yeah, in the town of Puri then, there's a statue of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu running, yeah, running in that mood of going to the uh, running for Parvat. So the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very strongly uh, there in, uh, in Jagannath Puri. Yes, we would have liked to go there and we would have liked to travel more and go to uh, Ramuna from Jagannath Puri, the place where Kira Chora Gopinath was there who stole the sweet rice for Madhavendra Puri. When Madhavendra, that temple has special sweet rice known as Amrita Keli, which is a, a play of nectar. And that sweet rice is made in a unique way. One is, they're boiling down the milk, the, the rice, until it's in the milk, until the rice that is not only cooked, but until it dissolves, until you cannot see any more grain. And they, keep on boiling it down, they add a little milk to, uh, you know, to keep it liquid. And it has, it, it is therefore very pasty and tasty. And uh, yes, so the, the deity is very nice. And uh, like this, India is, is by no means an ordinary place. Uh, at Prayag, there is a place where uh, when the demigods and the demons were competing to churn uh, and, and competing and to churn the ocean of milk and to get the nectar of that ocean. Uh, then 
Lord Vishnu came as Mahini Murti and took the pot away and then distributed some drops. But some drops of that pot uh, fell and they just fell in different places. One fell in Prayag, another one uh, which is now uh, near Allahabad. Uh, one other drop fell in Haridwar and a drop fell also in, in the Ujjain area. So, so there in, uh, yeah, in Prayag. Mm, so wonderful that uh, that uh, that such a place exists, right? The confluence of the three rivers, Ganga, Yamuna, and Saraswati, and then the constellation that the drops fall. Uh, occur and and once in every 12 years particularly it is like a full kumbha uh, mela then when the constellations are exactly uh, as they were and uh, when people come by, by the millions and millions to take their baths in that sacred place all these things are there in the land of India, which makes it always a magic place. Mm. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Um, there are pilgrimage places elsewhere in the world, the, the uh, places where uh, some extraordinary uh, powers are manifest. Of course, the Middle East is filled with places related to to uh, to the Abrahamic religions, like uh, Jesus and uh, and also Muhammad. Uh, so, Israel or around Mecca and so on, there certainly are places of pilgrimage. But India is like, uh, it's just incredible. India is just, just got unlimited places of pilgrimage. Um, and so, and of course for us, Vrindavan, um, Vrindavan is there. As, uh, as the topmost abode, because it's not only a theater, not only a holy place, but it is also the uh, more than that. It is the holy dam. The difference between a theater and a dam is that a theater is a temporary manifestation uh, of a holy place due to the either presence of the Lord or his devotee, directly or indirectly, and uh, which transformed the place into a holy place. Then uh, the Dham, so that theater exists in the material world as long as the material world exists. And when this material world uh, ceases to exist and enters into the body of Mahavishnu, etc., then the theater also is temporary, not manifest. The Holy Dham is an eternal abode and it is eternally manifest. Um, a Dham is 
even when the whole universe is is gone, that holy dharma is still there, but of course in a uh, in a dimension where we cannot uh, perceive it. Hmm. Anyway, Bhagavatam is speaking uh, and says uh, in the uh, first canto, uh, 13th chapter, to just the quits home, text number nine. Hmm. So um, there's a discussion going on, and uh, Maras Yudhisthira is asking in a number of verses, starting uh, with text number eight. Uh, Maras Yudhisthira said, My uncle, do you remember how you always protected us, along with our mother, from all sorts of calamities? Your partiality, like the wings of a bird, saved us from poisoning and arson. Hmm. While traveling on the surface of the earth, how did you maintain your livelihood? At which holy places and pilgrimage sites did you render, render service? Uh, we remember that Vidura uh, was insulted by Duryodhan uh, in, the, in front of the court because Duryodhan was giving advice to, uh, to Trichurasta to not listen to Duryodhan. And Duryodhan said, who is this Dasiputra? Uh, the son of a maidservant, who is he to speak okay, in a royal assembly? And so, uh, you know, and then Vidura placed his bow in the door and left and went on a pilgrimage for a very long time and visited so many holy places. Yudhisthira was now inquiring, while traveling on the surface of the earth, how did you maintain your livelihood? At which holy places and pilgrimage sites did you render service? Bhavat vidā bhagavatas tirtabhutta svayam vibhu tirti kurvanti tirtani svantastina gadabrita My Lord, devotees like your good self are verily holy uh, places personified. Because you carry the personality of God within your heart, you turn all places into places of pilgrimage. Mm. Purport. The personality of Godhead is omnipresent by his diverse potency everywhere, just as the power of electricity is distributed everywhere within space. Similarly, the Lord's omnipresence is perceived and manifested by his unalloyed devotees like Vidura. Just as electricity is manifested in an electric bulb, a pure devotee like Vidura always feels the presence of the Lord everywhere. He sees everything in the potency of the Lord and the Lord in everything. The holy places all over the earth are meant for purifying the polluted consciousness of the human being by an atmosphere surcharged with the presence of the Lord's unalloyed devotees. If anyone visits a holy place, he must search out the pure devotees residing in such holy places, take lessons from them, try to apply such instructions in practical life, and thus gradually prepare oneself for the ultimate salvation 
uh, going back to Godhead. To go to some holy place of pilgrimage doesn't mean only uh, to take a bath in the Ganges or Yamuna or to visit the temples situated in those places. One should also find representatives of Vidura who have no desire in life save and accept to serve the personality of Godhead. The personality of Godhead is always with such pure devotees because of their unalloyed service, which is without any tinge of fruit of action or utopian speculation. Therein in the actual service of the Lord, specifically by the process of hearing and chanting. The pure devotees hear from the authorities and chant, sing and write of the glories of the Lord. Mahamuni Vyasadev heard from Narada, and then he chanted in writing. Sukadev Goswami studied from his father, and he described it to Pariksit. That is the way of Srimad Bhagavatam. So by their actions, the pure devotees of the Lord can render any place into a place of pilgrimage, and the holy places are worth the name only on their account. Such pure devotees are able to rectify the polluted atmosphere of any place, and what to speak of a holy place, rendered unholy by the questionable actions of interested persons who try to adopt a professional life at the cost of the reputation of a holy place. Mm. So that was uh, verse number 10 from First Canto of Bhagavatam, 13, text number 10. The description about the Vaishnava. Who is a place of pilgrimage? Now that is something. A devotee who is a place of pilgrimage. Yes. We are bowing down at the feet of such devotees. We are eager to... uh, They bring us Krishna. So wherever these devotees are, it becomes a holy place. They can even change the place. And of course... uh, I've given the example of, uh, of the tree in Tompkins Square Park many times. Um, yes, many places um, where, where Prabhupada went and these places are special. Sometimes a place, uh, a deity has been in, installed in a place and that also creates a pilgrimage, a place of pilgrimage. As soon as we install a deity, we're creating a holy place um, because the deity is also bringing the holy dham with him and and is changing that place. Mm. So, yes, every devotee is is a place of pilgrimage. And that is, is very nice. We're worshipping devotees and visiting devotees and uh, um, I was in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro and in Rio de Janeiro uh, there is a ring of mountains around the city and they have uh, installed a very large deity of Jesus on the edge of the city. And Jesus stands with his arms outspread and he is really guarding over the city. It's like you see the deity is guarding over the city. So uh, they took me there and uh, I certainly uh, wanted to see that uh, that huge form of Jesus Christ. Then when... uh, so we went up the mountain and then the last first drove and then the last bit we had to walk 
And as we're walking, then there were steps, and we get up the steps, and then we came to uh, to the feet of the huge. I mean, I don't know how big, but forgot. But we can Google. Uh, someone can Google and post it now. How tall that statue is? Anyway, very tall. And we were just there, and. Uh, It was really nice. And then when, when he came there, he said, Lokanath Maharaj, he also came here. And he immediately touched the lotus feet of, the, uh, of that statue. So, Mahajana Yena Gattasa Pandita. I also did. I also did. And it was very nice. I enjoyed that part of the of the of the journey it really was uh it carried holiness and potency uh, in that in that form in that deity so that was very nice mm. yes um, so this is all the mercy of krishna um, okay it says 38 meters there you go it's quite something. It's not small, 38 meters. Uh, yeah. So I, um, I pray that... Um, so Krishna has arranged for his mercy to be present in this world um, in the form of... of um, of holy places, holy rivers, in the form of his devotees, who are places of pilgrimage within themselves, in the form of scriptures, the form of deities, um, and in the form of his holy name. Um, so, the sacred influence of, of Krishna is always present within this world. And therefore, we're not isolated from Krishna. Uh, we, can, we can always turn to Krishna. Whenever there is a... Uh, whenever there is a... Uh, um, what shall I say? A lacking in us. When we feel that we are sort of distant from Krishna... There's always a way to reach out to Krishna. Um, either we start chanting or we engage in kirtan with some devotees or, yeah, or we go to a place, a holy place, or we read, uh, we read uh, Srimad Bhagavatam or Chaitanya Charitamrita or from any other other scripture, immediately, immediately, we are uh, are again out of the material world, and we are immediately on the spiritual platform. It is very very nice. Just like here, okay, we have the Veda base, and yeah, there are many things. So let's see. There's a whole 
index of, of, of different books, and I'll just choose one. Okay, I came to study guides, and why not? Mm. So Burijan did uh, a study guide on the Bhagavad Gita called Surrender Unto Me, and it is, uh, it is very nice. Um, yeah, we can just take a, a verse and... Uh, So uh, we read a commentary uh, in the study guide. We're looking at uh, chapter one, or sorry, chapter seven, text one. The Supreme Personality of God had said, Now hear, O son of Prita, how by practicing yoga in full consciousness of me, with mind attached to me, you can know me in full, free from doubt. Krishna begins by saying, My Ashaktamana, with mind attached to me. Then Krishna says, Yogam Union Mat Asreha, by practicing yoga in full consciousness of, of me. So, okay, the mind should be attached to Krishna, and then we should practice yoga in full consciousness of me, in this case, devotional service. Asansiyan samagramam yatak yatsyasi. You can know me completely without a doubt. How do you attain this? Tatsrinu. Uh, simply by hearing from Krishna. Tatsrinu. By hearing from Krishna. Hearing from Krishna or hearing about him, develops the full faith described in uh, Bhagavad Gita 6.47. Okay, and it's a hot link, so let's go to 6.47, boom. And that is yogi, yoginam apisarvesam matkatenantaratma na sadavan bhajate yumam samayuktatamomataha. And of all yogis, the one with great faith who always abides in me, thinks of me within himself and renders transcendental loving service to me. He is the most intimately united with me in yoga and he is the highest of all. That is my opinion. Uh, yes, so by hearing about Krishna, uh, naturally that, that faith will develop. Um, Hearing about Krishna, Uriyam Prabhu continues, is essential to fix one's full consciousness upon him. Krishna tells Arjuna just here because knowledge of him is beyond the three modes of nature and is inaccessible to ordinary means. In his purport to Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita 7.1, Srila Prabhupada quotes the famous verses from Srimad Bhagavatam, 1.270-21, starting Srimbhata Svakata Krishna, these verses explain that bhakti begins when we hear about Krishna. So, that's it now. Huh? So, we simply hear about Krishna, and then immediately the whole, uh, the whole reality changes. Um, immediately, Krishna is manifest and present. So, that's, uh, that's our uh, objective. Uh, to somehow or other, spend our time uh, remembering Krishna. Yes.
um, well, um, hearing, chanting, remembering. That is our main activity. And uh, yeah, so en enjoy this uh, very much. So, so we just randomly chose something and I read and it, uh, it, it, it immediately was about connecting us with Krishna. Okay, we'll go back now to something else. And uh, um, one thing that is also quite quite uh, significant is the uh, six amrita. Let me just have a look there. Sik sam rita. So. So the Siksham Rita is, uh, is a book that uh, has been made based on the letters, on sayings in the letters that Srila Prabhupada wrote. And it has been uh, placed, uh, it, it has been categorized and uh, according, to, uh, according to subjects. So we have a, we have a number of categories. And in this way, we can look at proper statements on different categories. It's alphabetical. So first, there's art, association with devotees, astrology and astronomy. Then back to Godhead magazine, back to home, back to Godhead, Bhaktivedanta book trust, Bhaktivedanta institute, book distribution, book distribution, traveling, Sankirtan, business and money, Channing Hare Krishna, cow protection, Farms, self-sufficiency, economy development, economic development, deity worship, mm. uh, devotional service, drama, education, adult, higher, uh, education, gurukula, education, child raising and nursery, films, Grihasta ashram, governing body commission, health, hearing, humility, Krishna consciousness in the home, and uh, it carries on. So we're gonna take sample a few topics. Uh, now, I'll give you the choice now. Uh, so do you remember any of these topics that I just mentioned? Or did it all go over your head? And I said, uh, well, if you do remember one, you can Suggest that I, I read something from that. Uh, but if you don't remember, it is also fine. Yes. I'll just read then. Okay. One lady said, child raising. Really amazing. Uh, where was that? Devotional service. Education, education, child raising. Okay, parents' responsibility for the children. There we go. Education, child raising, and nursery. I am so glad to learn that you have a child within your womb. And please accept all my blessings for the newcomer, whom 
we shall be very glad to receive just after a few months. Please take care of your health so that the child may grow very healthy and become Krishna conscious. Prahlad Maharaj was in the womb of his mother and heard the instructions of Narada Muni, and later on he became the most famous devotee of Lord Krishna. It is the duty of all parents to make every child Krishna conscious, so that the fortunate child born of Krishna conscious parents may not have any, any more may to take birth in this material world. Srila Prabhupada, letter to Nandarani, 9th of June, 1967. I'm also very happy to learn that Himavati is going to have a baby. A child is a rare gift given by Krishna, but at the same time a great responsibility. Every parent has the responsibility to see that his child grows up Krishna conscious. I know that you understand this and will always make Krishna the center of your home. Now, as to what you should do, there are a number of courses or op of action open to you. First of all, you're a family man, and usually at this point, a man must think about providing for his wife and child. So if you like, you can take a job in New York or elsewhere and settle as an ordinary householder, like Rupanuga and others. Or if you prefer, you can continue to work within the temple, either at Montreal or whether there's sufficient space to accommodate you. But you must think of your health. I had already noticed a deterioration when I was in New York, and now you say it has gotten worse. That is not good and you must correct it. Mm. So do the needful. Above all, don't be worried. Krishna will help you. It is necessary to go to work in order to maintain your wife. If it is necessary to go to work in order to maintain your wife and family nicely, Krishna will give you all support necessarily. Uh, from a letter of Srila Prabhupada to Hansa Dutta, 15 August 1967. Now we can go further ahead in time. on the same topic. The basic idea of raising children as they're described in the Vedic literature is that from birth until the age of five years, the parents may be very lenient with the child. From the ages of six to 10, they should tighten the discipline of their child. And from the ages of 10 until the 16th year, the parents should be strict as a tiger with their child so that he will be afraid to be disobedient at all. Then after the 16th year, the parents shall treat their child as a friend, and the child is allowed to gradually develop his adult responsibility and independence. Hmm. Okay, so I'll repeat it. From birth until five, parents may be very lenient with the child. From 6 to 10, they should tighten the discipline of the child. From 10 to 16, parents should be strict as a tiger, mm. so that he may not be disobedient. And then after the 16, they become a friend. Yeah, these are general guidelines. It's a, uh, Vedic culture was also, uh, it was easier at that time. Huh? Nowadays, because society is not supportive of that, it, it may not always work. And in some countries, uh, if you if you if you chastise a child, then the government uh, can take your child away. Mm -hmm. So things are complicated uh, these days.
Yes, it's from Chanakya Pandit. I know that it's from Chanakya Pandit. <laughs> but so what? It may be from Chanakya Pandit. Uh, Prabhupada quoted it, and that promoted it to a, uh, to a higher level. Uh, because Chanakya Pandit is the Niti Shastra. But when Prabhupada quotes it, it, uh, it, comes, it becomes relevant on a transcendental platform. So Prabhupada quoted that, and we are uh, following that, you know, as much as is practical. Hmm. Um, so, may not always work. Okay, so child raising is something I don't know much about in itself, I mean, because I've never really, uh, I, not, I didn't have children, so I'm just a, a pumpkin, so when it comes to that, so I'll go on now. Now I'll choose one. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I liked. Hmm. Association with devotees, and then there was something criticism among devotees. Well, let's have a look at that. mentioned about some criticism made by Jai Govinda which upset you. I do not know exactly what is the point, but if there is some honest criticism, there should be no cause of becoming upset. Krishna has so kindly led you to this path in Krishna consciousness, and now you have only to follow the prescribed rules and regulations very seriously and sincerely. And sure you will understand how you're making practical advancement in Krishna consciousness. Actually, Krishna is kind to everyone. But when he sees that a living entity is becoming a little serious to make perfection in life, then Krishna takes special care to give such living entity all necessary facilities. Now you have the greatest opportunity to do very nice service to the Lord, because you're now in a foreign country and are helping to pave the way for a very successful Krishna conscious temple in Germany. So continue to take advantage of this opportunity as the Lord has kindly given you, and surely he will bestow all of his blessings upon you. Hmm. Yeah, so we can see Prabhupada was basically saying, like, uh, um, Prabhupada in dealing with his disciples and now on, in, on this occasion saying, don't worry so much about some criticism um, that is sometimes there and it is, you know, not to be taken too serious. Um, just see the wonderful opportunity you have to carry on a devotional service and focus on that and don't make too much of that criticism. Mm. Like in the next uh, letter, Prabhupada says, yes, you have the right attitude towards disturbing comments of fellow devotees. Lord Chaitanya's advised us to always remain more humble than the grasses and more tolerant than the tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige, and ready to offer all respects to all purpose, per persons. Mm. Yes. Yes, so, all right, you know, criticize. If that is, is that what is needed to, to be, 
Yes, then you may do so. Mm. It is not our policy to reject someone on any personal grounds. Rather, it is our duty to encourage him on the common platform of devotional service to Krishna. I have received very nice reports from all our centers, how they are very much appreciating my books, and their understanding association with the spiritual master is the same as association with his Vanya teachings. This is a transcendental fact. Hmm. So we are tolerant, and we're focusing on the, on, on, on the bigger picture. Um, on the vani of our spiritual master, on the uh, on the opportunity that we have now, on on the mission that we are part of, and in this way, ah, uh, you know, some criticism. It's like there's an ocean, and on top of the ocean there are waves, and the waves create some foam. It is oh, oh, that is foam. There's foam on the ocean. All right, there's some foam on the ocean. But there's a lot more to the ocean than that foam. So let's forget about that foam. Let us just focus on the ocean as a whole. And uh, the ocean is amazing. So even if in the association of devotees, um, there are such some, some negative experiences, no need to take it so serious. You can just... Detach and focus, focus on the bigger picture of the mercy of Krishna that has come into this world and how we can connect people to that mercy in this world and how we can connect ourselves more and more to that mercy. And these two things go hand in hand. We're connecting ourselves more and more to the mercy of the Lord and the Lord and we're connecting others more and more to the mercy of the Lord. And then everything is becoming very, very nice. And this is our business. Um, so we began our talk, uh, talking about holy places. We looked at some holy scripture. And, it, and we saw that the mercy of the Lord is there and that we can just connect to it. So if somehow or other, we always connect to the mercy of the Lord. Then everything is fine. Okay. Harinam Ananda, he wants to hear about arts and drama. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if there's anything about drama. Um, I have to look. I, oh, sorry. I saw art. And that, that's more about pictures. The pictures of Lord Krishna and his expansion are particularly meant for giving a chance to the neophytes for offering devotional service. It was very nice that Purnadas offered respect to the Sankirtan painting. That will enlarge Krishna consciousness. Your program for publishing pictures in detail of great authorities like Bhishma and others is very much appreciated. I would advise, unless there is dire necessity, you should not divert your attention from painting. Somehow or other, you have to manage everything in full cooperation, but your main engagement is painting. To Yadurani in 1967. Prabhupada really wanted these paintings. Right? And so these paintings, sometimes 
we just sit down and look at all the the Krishna art. There's the Krishna art book. Um, there are so many amazing paintings. Uh, one can find online the Krishna paintings, Krishna art. So yes, Krishna art is very important and we need more and more Krishna art. So if there are devotees who are capable of making Krishna art, please let us continue to make Krishna art and become more and more expert in painting Krishna and make that, uh, and make that a service. That is the mo most wonderful service. Uh, now, uh, okay, now I'm going to see if, if there is something about drama, uh, but I don't, I did not see it. Devotional, so drama, yes, he did. He did there is something drama. Oh, okay, but I don't come to drama. Drama. Krishna go. No, somehow or other, I don't see much on drama. Uh, but obviously, drama is is uh, is a way to actually uh, take the uh, devotee into the pastimes of the Lord. And we should do dramas. Now, because the question was asked by Hari Namananda, uh, certainly uh, the Hari Nam devotees, they can also do drama on the street. Uh, and they can do uh, different, act out different pastimes or or otherwise plays that, uh, you know, you know, the body plays or whatever. But drama can be integrated also in preaching on the street. And uh, one can attract a huge crowd by uh, doing a little drama on the street. So, and of course we know devotees used to do uh, the famous uh, situation, the man lying on the street uh, and calling out, help, 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 help. So, you know, like he's lying on the ground. Some man is lying on the ground and moving his leg, arms and legs and calling out, help, help. So within a moment, a few hundred people are watching. What's going on? Then one man comes out, I'm a social worker. I'm a social worker, I can help. Then the man on the ground starts calling out, help, help, I'm drowning. People must think, drowning, is he crazy or what, you know? And then the social worker grabs him, pulls him and pulls his coat. And then he takes the coat and holds it up in the air and said, I, I have saved you, I have saved you. And the man on the ground says, you fool, how you have saved me. You have not saved me at all. You've only saved my coat. Then they stand up and begin to explain. Yes, when we are only working for the welfare of the body, we're only saving the coat. But then we actually do something for the soul. Huh? Then 
we're really saving the self. And then the kirtan party uh, goes on. Yeah, it's possible. Drama in the street can also be, of course. Kirtan itself is transcendental and, you know, ain't nothing but a kirtan party, nothing but a kirtan party, and a kirtan party new stuff. So the kirtan can just carry on. And that's it, you know. So, but drama is very wonderful, um, especially amongst the devotees. Uh, to have some have dramas, we can enter deeply into uh, understanding Krishna's pastimes. And sometimes, the artist, uh, by his interpretation, the artist is deeply meditating on the personality and tries to to imbibe the mood of the person and and sometimes catches something, an aspect of, of his personality is very interesting. Uh, it's like I saw one artist acting out Lord Nichananda and he steps up very strong and straight and, and then he is just like trembling in ecstasy. And it was just like, uh, whoa, Oh, here is Nichananda, and he is full of love, full of love of God. Not just Nichananda, but a Nichananda was like just like uh, vibrant, and and that with you could see that within him this in <coughs> this incredible transcendental vibrant energy was present. So, yes. Wonderful, uh, wonderful dramas where we go in deep meditation. They can deepen our, our connection with Krishna for both the actor and the audience. Thank you, thank you. Hare Krishna. Shri Prabhupada.